0: The postseason is here and the Ringer NBA show has you covered with real ones, group chat, the answer, and Ringer NBA postgame. Check out the Ringer NBA show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: My Eagle enthusiasts, it's fairway rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors with over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance and with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to this Major golf podcast. We have done it four majors in 2021, seven majors in the calendar year. This is Fairway Run, <laughs> With the golf podcast of the Record Podcast Network. I'm cutting it a little short today, birdie buddies, because we have a lot to cover. The fourth major is upon us. It is the Open Championship, aka the British Open. We are doing storylines with our homie, Kevin Clark, with our homie, Nathan Hubbard. It's a three ball. We're putting the peg in the ground and we are out there. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply kev nate what's up boys it's coming home it's coming home (laughs) what's coming home i guess only
2: the
0: british open at this The
2: british open well here's the thing is you know this is sports it's the it's the highs and the lows so the good people of england they don't get the european championship but what oh. do they get? Patrick Reed's coming to town. Brian Harman's coming to town. You know, you got to take the good with the bad. Bryson DeChambeau, uh, all the greats. Daniel Berger. I mean, really.
0: Whoever backdoored into the final spot in the yeah. John Deere. I haven't even yeah. had the. Shank. <laughs> oh, Whoever, God.
2: Uh, wh- why don't we just. I'm seeing all these sad faces at Wembley. And don't they know. Don't they
1: know that Bobby McIntyre is playing a tournament just in their backyard? Well, Bobby McIntyre is somebody worth rooting for. So, so, par-saving pals, just to set the context, we were taping this on the Sunday night. The uh, Euro Cup final was just completed, uh, penalty kicks, and we had about a 20-minute conversation, Nate, Kevin Clark, and I, around PKs as an unsatisfactory way, friending Everything sucks. Uh, anything. But how about the run that England is on? Wimbledon, uh, the, this Euro Cup final right here, and then the, the British Brexit. Open all... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brexit. <Yeah. laughs> they did that too, right? Exactly. The Delta variant. Everything's
0: awesome. Wow, it, Nate. Yeah, Nate's, what, what happened? Are you not a Lucas <laughs> Glover fan? Listen, I, I love... Uh, Lucas Glover played very, very well. I'm actually happy to see him win. That's a very popular win. Uh, but we should talk about this open because we have been spoiled, House and Kevin, by, is it now seven majors in... How many months? Yeah, le- less than 12 months. It's, it's been absolutely wonderful. This is the wonderful. last one until April. So we have to cherish this. It feels like we just did this because we did. But we have to cherish this. We have to treat this with the respect it deserves because we're not going to see this kind of tension until the Ryder Cup. But after that, until April.
1: Well, and I'm not ready to give up. Like we have the Olympics right around the corner. That will be interesting in its own right. And there are a couple of players that we're going to mention who really have something on the line yes, for the, for do. the Olympics. Uh, and then we have the tour championship and then we have the Ryder cup. So there's still significant golf uh, on, on the horizon, but yes, this is the end of the incredible major run that we've been on. And it does feel right to end it with the British Open since the British Open took last year off. The only one of the majors to not be competed in calendar year 2020. So uh, good, good opportunity to remind ourselves how much we love coffee golf. We love, like a shout out to the shotgun yes. Star boys. I mean, you know, co- coffee golf is back. We get to wake up in the morning in our PJs, go get a nice warm cup or co- iced. I'm an iced coffee guy because it's summer. Me too. And just enjoy the, the, you know, the broadcast.
2: Right, Kev? I love it. And I'm happy to be, you know, the West Coast, I I moved from L.A. to to New York since the last British Open and since the last major, actually. But... The West Coast you can get the tail end of the evening you can start watching the British Open and that's amazing but I would also say East Coast you get more more windows you don't have to wake up as early on Sunday morning to catch it all so I like this as as my life my ge- the geography of my life changes how I view the British Open
1: changes I'm excited for this one <laughs> Well let's let's do some housekeeping first date a uh, few things to knock off we mentioned Lucas Glover he wins the uh, John Deere, not in Iowa, Nate, but in Illinois. Not in Iowa. <laughs> not in Iowa. Not in Iowa.
0: Uh, it was in Illinois. You could uh, be in Iowa and play it, but it, it is not in Iowa.
1: Another veteran on tour, 41 years old, another guy who hasn't won on tour in 10 plus years. I know. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm mad at you, uh, Nate, because you talked me into playing Brian Harmon as my one and done. And honestly, well, I don't I'm not saying that you should have told me Lucas Glover, but you know who you should have told me? You you could have reminded Kevin me nah. of Ryan Moore. Yeah. Ryan Moore. <laughs> Ryan Moore was staring us in the face. He fits all of the requirements for a for a one of you know, he has the course history, it's yeah. the mid that Midwest success kind of thing. He was sitting there and you told me to go with the Bulldog, and the Bulldog bulldog me.
0: Uh, look, the, picking the winner this week, there was no way to do that. This is, is always one of those tournaments where some rando wins. What we were right about is that the guys on that threshold of being relegated if they don't make the top 125 or keeping their card if they do all played really well. And so if you focused on guys like Brian Stewart, if you focused on you know some of those guys, Ces- Scott Reeve, Brown. Scott Brown, all those guys, Chase Seifert, all those guys hanging around that 125 number played really, really well this week. So if you were thinking DFS, this was a good week for you. I don't know what to tell you. When when the top five guys are like Glover, Moore, Nah, List, and a guy named Shank, you know you know what kind of week you got. It was rainy and awful. This was look. This tournament uh, is great. The the people are good. People love the course, but man, you know, the real hitters were over in Scotland this week. And the question is, did we learn anything? We didn't learn anything from John Deere other than, hey, uh, you know, Lucas Glover knows how to play golf. We knew that when he won won a major title. But the question is, did we learn anything from the Scottish Open this week that is going to give us little tidbits of insight into how this upcoming week is going to go?
1: Well, I'm I'm glad you asked that, and I want Kevin Clark's reaction. I, for my own part, I very much enjoyed like the recalibration of the visuals, right? Seeing guys in long yes. clothes, seeing like the the, <laughs> the overall hay. the color, you know what I mean? The color of of the of the program is different, and then being reintroduced to the entire European tour: Thomas Detry, Stud, uh, 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 Lucas Hebert, Stud. Very good golfer. Yeah. So like guys that I'm like not at the forefront of my consciousness until I sit down and start watching a little of the Scottish open and and absolutely enjoying watching the ball take the undulations of the fairways and everything like just getting reoriented. Just just a a wonderful thing. Kev, what's your sense? Okay, first of all, I can't believe you'd skip over Ian Poulter like
2: that. You named Dietrich, you named Herbert, you, you didn't go. Ian Poulter was right there at 17 under. You don't even shine any, give him any shine. Um, all right, so my sense is a big picture view for me on the, on the British Open is that the most money I've ever made betting on golf is that took, Shane, that took Shane Lowry uh, two years ago, and, oh. and I didn't do any research. It was right before training camp. And I did no research, and I was just like, you know, we'll just throw on some some Irish guys, some some right. Northern Irish guys, some some British guys. They'll they you know, I, don't, I knock it around over there, and I won, and I learned exactly zero lessons from this. Now you could learn the lesson that my research makes things worse. You could learn the lesson that a lot of it's all luck. Um, but no, I, I press on, um, boats against the current, uh, and and still do my research despite the British Open. Um, probably should have taught me some lessons. Um, I think that I was looking at form of the winners over the past five years. Shane Lowry was a little bit against the current, um, just as right. far as, as as his form. But really... He was in Ireland,
0: you can't really count it yeah,
2: that way. But the guys who have won, actually, it's just like any other golf tournament. I kind of think we sometimes overthink it because it's over there, because the wind is going to be blowing, and all that stuff. But these guys who come in and win tend to have good form. Molinari um, finished second at the John Deere. He'd won the Quicken Loans a few weeks earlier. Spieth won the Travelers a few weeks before his victory. Stenson won the BMW. Uh, Zach Johnson finished third and sixth in his two, two previous tournaments. And so I think sometimes we look at these courses and we think too much about the bunker play and the wind play. And I'm certainly going to be doing that. I was I was all over that stuff. Scrambling percentage, sand save percentage. I've got some 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 guys based on that. But I also think just like any other tournament comes down to to form. And that's why, you know, I was I was playing around earlier with the guys who were best in the wind um, by strokes gained. Ryan Palmer is in that hunt. Well, Ryan Palmer is finished fourth in the Scottish Open. He's on a few dance cards for me. Um, And, you know, I I kind of think with with stats, there's an old joke that stats are like a hostage. You can get them to say anything, right? And at this course, at this course, you can talk yourself into so many different things, kind of like what I'm talking about. And every time I get excited about, oh, Stuart Sink, you know, he's won a British Open. He's playing well. It cost me $50 in in additional dance cards. I get too excited. Um, But there's just so many different directions you can go on.
0: Kev. First of all, Stewart Sink did not win a British Open. Tom Watson lost a British Open. But the second House thing is... thinks he is, should have tanked it. I still think that. Oh, I do too. I do too. Um, but what I want to understand from you is uh, that all makes perfect sense to me except for the history of this course where we had 42-year-old Darren Clark win mm-hmm. and we had Ben effing Curtis win who is probably the most out of left field major winner of all time. Does that Mm -hmm. give you any pause as you think about some ghosts on this course that suggest it could be anyone's tournament this week? I
2: mean, maybe, but Greg Norman and Sandy Lyle were the winners before that. Um, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of history on this course. They don't play it very often. I get there. We we've run. So everybody, I was, I was hearing that it was maybe the hardest of the open courses. Then Gary player comes out yesterday and says, it's the easiest of the open courses. And then starts telling me, he also had
0: a rant about trees. Yeah. He also
2: told a really long story about how some guy hit a, hit a ball into a bottle and had to play it at this course. I didn't really track there. But is this supposed to be a hard course, or is Gary Player just off his rocker? No, it is. It is
1: a hard course because I I I think the the uh, the cumulatively there have been only five players across those two opens that finished under par. Like you know, 2003 and 2011, only five players finished uh, under par. The thing that I uh, will will observe about um, Royal Saint George's. Is you know it it is this the the difficulty I think comes from the natural undulation of of the terrain. It it is uh, has extreme movement in the fairways. The ball is not going to land in, in in a flat place and let somebody fairways
0: are scrunched up. And
1: yeah. and the and the green complexes they have like you know gigantic greens and they can put the the pin in in you know a dozen different places. Um, On it, but I do Kev, you, you walked me into a couple things I want to observe about, you know, some of the the common traits of the winners and just sort of get you get each of your, your thoughts like the average age since 2011 of the champion golfer of the year is 35.7 and of the last nine champions, all of them played the open championship no less than four times. So it doesn't feel like in the the sort of era of of golf that we're in right now that you're gonna get just a complete outlier, a a, a Ben Curtis, and and all of those winners also had recorded a top ten finish in the British Open yes. preceding their victory. So like there are some some attributes, uh, you know, there there is a, a all the last ten champions have hit over seventy two percent greens in regulation. Uh, you have to be top 10 in scrambling. Like some yep. things that feel sort of obvious, but they're also borne out by the data. You agree? I, I would also say, by the way, when we talk about the fluky winners,
2: Ben Curtis wins in 2003, VJ is second, Davis Love and Tiger Woods are right behind that. Um, Sergio Garcia's in the top 10. Retief Goosen's in the top 10. Phil was second
0: to Darren Clark. Phil, right? Phil yeah.
2: and DJ. Phil and DJ yeah. were second to Darren Clark. So it's not like it was just a, a a Cinderella story all the way through. So, but House, I agree with you. I've been I've been overreacting to scrambling percentage all weekend. I got that bookmarked at this point.
1: <laughs> I don't think it's an overreaction. I think it's it's necessary. Well, I think, I meant financially. Uh, <laughs> well, good. I, I think it's not a Tell my I wife
2: we can't make rent because I'm into scrambling
1: percentage. It's a good Got investment. It. I really do think it's, it's, it's a good investment. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line, it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI, it's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.
3: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important Get your oil change, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com.
1: Nate, I want to pick up on another sort of bit of housekeeping, and, and it does factor into this British Open analysis, and that is, The fact that Bryson DeChambeau has a new caddy, (laughs) Bryson, (laughs) Bryson, come
0: on down, Brian Ziegler.
1: Yeah. They showed the debut of, of their relationship. Now, obviously they've known each other for a while and, and, um, good on golf.com. Uh, I think it was Luke Curtinine. Was that who did
0: the interview? With yeah. both- Bryson's the playing editor of that magazine. Oh
1: yeah, right. Okay. This so there was you go. this
0: was yeah. This was like Ben Affleck and J Lo, you know, being paid by the Sun to put pictures in. Like this was a highly controlled uh, presentation of the new era for Bryson DeChambeau.
1: Well, what they what they shared, and they had Tucker also. It, it, it was controlled is the right word. Contrived might also apply. But they shared that Ziegler has been in training because Tucker has other interests and his own sort of uh, ability to right. handle the load of Bryson and literally like the load of Bryson. Not just the, <laughs> right. not just the weight, but also like the hours and the grind yes. and all of it. He just reached a point where the he couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, we knew we we talked about this Look, on
0: last week's show. I just don't believe that you leave being the caddy for the guy who could be the guy to go run buses from the Bend Airport to Bandon Dunes. You can do those two things. Those are not mutually exclusive activities. So I'm not 100% sold. I am a conspiracy theorist tin hat guy on what just happened, in part because I did watch that dynamic and it was not all good. And it's really hard for me to believe that a bunch of the public pressure that's come on Bryson, some of which has been warranted and some of which has definitely not, didn't play into this. And House, as you so, I think, astutely pointed out last week, he choked the U.S. Open. He choked the U.S. Open. And really, in hindsight, that's going to be my memory of that U.S. Open is, you know, Rom hitting the two putts, but Bryson could have won that tournament and probably should have won that tournament. And I think that that had an impact on the relationship and they all had a cooling off period. And Bryson, who is massively image conscious, you know, worked with his team to make this happen. And Tim Tucker, who is a good guy and definitely has affection for Bryson played along in this, but there's more than what we just saw. And I think that's part of the reason why a guy who knows Bryson and is part of his coaching team was the one to step in because as Bones said on the telecast last week, you cannot just step in off the street and caddy for this guy. It's a different thing than any other golfer on the planet.
1: Well, it was happy to see that it was a young guy and a guy spry spry enough to put the golf bag on his shoulder and then jump in the And jump in the pool. I still don't know why he did that, but so Kev... You did a great recap immediately mm-hmm. after the match ended uh, Tuesday night. This is the fourth iteration of the match. And you um, went through some of the, the aspects of that Bryson and Aaron Rodgers dynamic. I have the lowest of low expectations for Bryson this week at the Open Championship. Is there anything in your own uh, uh, assessment of the Bryson situation that makes you think that he's going to be competitive? I've, I'm of two minds with Bryson here. Number one,
2: I felt like the elevation was getting a little bit to him in, in the, the match. And I You're feel right. like he, you know what? he was having some trouble with, with You're that. You're right. He could I not totally handle agree with you. I, I, it's yes. not a joke. I agree with no. this. No, I really don't. I think he didn't know how, how far he was going to go, whatever. And then I ran that past a pretty smart golf person. And they said, well, it's also possible he was like the fourth guy in a scramble and his partner's crushing it. And you're kind of just not, you're just trying
0: to crush 550-yard drives, not taking it seriously. Well, I've- I think you're right. He flew the green a lot.
2: As the guy constantly being carried in for in foursomes, um, I I
1: understand hey, just the experimentation you, look, of it. Look, Kevin Clark, don't don't talk badly about your golf uh, game. The medalist of our outing at at Columbia a couple weeks ago, that all star outing, you, you were just, the medalist. Now, I'll have you out there again and we'll we'll have another opportunity. But uh, with the Bryson <laughs> thing in, in particular, uh, and this did cost me literally cost me money because I loaded house. up. Uh, really Tom did. Brady and Phil Mickelson. I I loaded up. Why do you know understand
0: why? why you did this? You know Kev, why? I gave him a chance to get out. You know why I, mean, I did why? it. Why?
1: Because I, in my heart of hearts, did not believe that Tom Brady is a cheater, and now we have irrefutable proof, beyond a reasonable doubt, that Tom Brady is a cheater. He right. he he plays a vanity handicap. He is a 14 to 16 handicap. There is no scenario. And the scores bear it out and the quality of play bears it out. And I'm angry at myself and angry with the world for for gambling in the way that I did. But I do think, to go back to, to Bryson and your observation, Kevin... I, I wondered aloud with Nate last week if that match might have a liberating effect and Bryson's young, so he can just sort of rearview mirror all this stuff. Where, where, where are we going to land with this this week at the British Open?
2: I don't think Bryson can rearview mirror anything. And I think okay. that Bryson at this yes. point, every everybody, maybe except Phil in that match, probably wants a little bit of a different image than they currently have. Um, we've seen Tom Brady get more online over the past couple of months, uh, post-Belichick. We've seen Rogers, I mean, he's kind of trying to be Mr. Mellow, kind of a cowboy type persona, not him, very, host. very quiet, very, very quiet Jeopardy host. And Bryson's trying to be embraced by the masses. And I kind of think that's a full-time job right now. And I, I think that he's in his own head about everything. He sucks and I think at that, his
0: job, if that's the case. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Well, no,
2: no. I, I was, I was, so his job being being uh, trying to it, make us like him? Yes. 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 I, but I don't think he knows how. I don't, I don't think he knows right. how. Right, I, And I think he's trying. And I think that's why it's really hard for him right now because we've seen I mean, him. He said this at press conference. It's not us reading the tea leaves. He said, hey, I'm the things I'm doing for the game, I think people are really going to think it's cool. Nobody thinks it's cool. Nobody thinks it's cool. I was one of the five people defending him. I'm one of the five guys who would take a job as his caddy as of last yeah. week, and I'm yeah. still. I'm at some points. I'm just like I, I don't I can't even watch this. This is cringy, bro, bro. Uh, and so, yeah, bro, uh, I didn't there's mean to say bro. bro. I didn't mean to say bro. No, no, there. there's a lot of bro. Yeah, this is this is not
0: good.
1: Well, let me uh, ask this though, because first of all. It's not you're not just one of five people that would be his caddy. There are no Mark almost,
0: Mark almost left uh, the Rocket <laughs> Mortgage last week to go be his caddy. Mark, he, you right.
1: think you guys think you'd be
2: his caddy? You guys wouldn't last no. one round with Bryson
0: DeChambeau. He texted me and said, "I think I might be the first player ever to withdraw from a tournament to go caddy." <laughs> He's like, "I think I can make more."
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and look, it's not the lasting part, Kev. It's the it's the interest in in, in doing it, the intrigue. In, in, in giving the uh, the attempt, I have a question for both of you. So the omnipresence of Bryson DeChambeau, which really is the story of, of professional golf in 2020 and on into 2021, I'm not so certain that, certain that I'm convinced that he wants us to like him. I just think the point is to constantly be pushing out content that is revealing of a person a, a, a certain aspect of him the aspect of him that he wants to to share because for we 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 now have again irrefutable proof that he's he's not capable of convincing us to like him and i don't think he cares and i don't think he's trying that hard to be honest
0: uh, house i i think i fall with kevin's earlier point i think he wants desperately to be liked and it's getting in the way of him being great. I think he you are right, he doesn't know how to do it, but he's that guy who's in Vegas getting his ass kicked. There are no more aces in the deck and he just keeps doubling down. Instead of doing what Brooks did, by the way, where he said, fuck it, I don't care. I'll be the heel, I'll be the villain. I actually don't care what people think of me. Bryson really does, he's that fragile. And we're seeing it. He's trying to control the one thing he can't. He cannot control public perception. He can control his swing. He can control the length of his clubs, et cetera, et cetera. All of the science does not apply to how those of us in the general public think about him, and it's getting to him. And that is why he's not playing his best right now.
1: Well, Kev, that 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 really does lead us into a very salient uh, point when it comes to the Open Championship, which is the lack of control over the variables, no venue, no event is more subject to the variables that can't be controlled than the the Open Championship, right?
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, the the wind is. Listen, I know I sound like golf 101 here, but it really does come down to the wind. And we were talking to Kevin Van Valkenburg a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying that he's heard it does blow all the time. There's not going to be. The, hey, where'd the wind go kind of day um it 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 does blow consistently. It just gets down to to what that looks like and and how much a, of an impact it has. so yes, this is if for a guy like bryson who who wants as few uncontrollables as possible, this might not be the tournament for him.
0: We got no rain this week. That's the good news
1: well, speaking of good news, let's do a little bit of of bad news. There are a whole bunch of notable players that are not playing in this tournament yeah. for a variety. Of reasons, a couple of of COVID casualties. Bubba Watson announced this morning. Again, we're taping this on a Sunday. Uh, that he's out because even though he's vaccinated, he Weird. had direct contact with somebody who tested positive, and he will Very not strange. be able to quarantine long enough. Well, I don't know. Is is it strange, Nate? I mean, isn't it the case that if the incubation period is five to seven days, and you know we have uh, no no we, we understand that. Bu- people that have been vaccinated can still transmit um, COVID, that that's the the protocol that the UK has, right?
0: Yeah, it feels excessive. And to, to Ricky's uh, very gentlemanly, but uh, you know, under the radar, sharp comments from a week ago, nobody really understands this. They're being much more uh, vigilant with the players than they are with the fans. And so I think there's a lot of players who looked at this thing and said, you know what? The hell with it. And so we lost a few players in the process. Nobody who is at the very, very top, but Kevin Na, who j- is playing well enough that we might look at him as a momentum type player who you would take in your DFS lineup for sure over there. On this course, he's thoughtful about his shot short game, so on and so forth. He's out, right? Sung Jay's out for different reasons, as you know. I just think, eh. This is one where they didn't handle it as well as maybe the tour has in terms of the clarity of who's in and who's out and, and what the protocols are.
1: I mean, Hideki is out because he has COVID. So that one's not, not complicated. Let's talk about Sungjae and Siwoo Kim. Uh, now, Siwoo probably couldn't have played anyways because he withdrew from the John Deere uh, on the front yeah. nine with an injury. With back. Yeah, um, but both of those guys, Korean players, announced that they were not going to compete in the Open Championship because they instead wanted to focus on performing well at the Olympics, and that's important to these guys because uh, meddling in the Olympics would forestall their um, their mandatory military. their Medi-
0: mandatory service. Let, let me tell you something: BTS is BTS, the the K-pop group. Their company went public uh, in. I'm going to say it was October. And the number one risk associated with that IPO in the fine line of the documents that were filed was, these guys are going to be subject to conscription in the South Korean army at some point, unless the legislature and the government passes uh, something that lets them out. So they have nothing to get out. These two guys in Siwoo and Sungjae have one option, and it is not the bronze, not the silver, but the gold medal. So they got a lot to train for. Wow.
1: Uh, Matthew Wolf also announced that he's withdrawn and I haven't seen any explanation for it. Although I think it it, it more likely falls along the lines of um, the challenges he's articulated, you know, in terms of his own mental fitness and then the combination along with the protocols that seem, you know, unwieldy, I guess, is the polite way I'll put it. Right. Um, so that that's like the, the sort of the bad news aspect of it. Kev, who are you most excited to see in this upcoming Open Championship? Wow,
2: uh, great question. I think that there's there's a whole host of them. I mean, I, I do think I'm intrigued to see the Brits. Um, is is Hatton going to go out and win something? Is God, he was great today. I really was. I'm I'm. Permanently intrigued. Um, I was playing golf with a notable golf media member the other day. I don't want to out him, but um, who's really talking up Tommy Fleetwood? Even though Fleetwood is not maybe the name that, that you'd expect. Um, I think that Justin Thomas going over and, and shooting fifteen under at the Scottish Open is really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and as someone like Matthew Fitzpatrick being being second in the Scottish Open is interesting to me. I mean, my dance card for the fairway rolling thing um, is actually quite a few Americans. Fitzpatrick is the only is the only Brit on there. I've read can't lay palmer harman and jt um but i just think there's a huge pack of of guys who can who can go out and win this thing um i think that Harmon is on your dance card yeah i mean fir- first of all uh sixth and scrambling okay favorite in iowa
0: and he missed it
2: in illinois
0: and he missed the cut
2: <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> house and i house and i are going all in on scrambling percentage
0: i We're am take, going, we've taken out yeah. three loans Reminder, House went all in on Mickelson-Brady.
1: <laughs> Nate, I, w- I want to do this. We are going to talk about the Fairway-Rolando leaderboard series. Um, you don't know what place you're in. How do you not know what place you're in in this thing?
0: Because it's been so painful. Oh, so you're not so, looking. So ca- no, it's been so painful. Kevin
1: is ahead of us. So I, I'm in like in the... F- high 500s or something. Kev, you're like in the 300s in this thing. Out of a few thousand people, by the way, which is like a, a good, decent level of competence, I am going to shoot the moon this uh, event okay. with only... with the, with a full roster of non-Americans. And John Rahm is not an American and Victor Hoblin is not an American for these, for these yes. purposes. I'm shooting a yes. full... Dance card of non-Americans is Lucas Saber going to find his way on my dance card? You're goddamn right he is. Lee Westwood, I'm going to figure out a way to get him in there. Uh, Detry, sure. Matt Fitzpatrick, you beat me to it. I, I mean, and and Ian Poulter is on my list. You gave me a hard time for not mentioning him when I was doing the rundown earlier. He's. I'm staring. I at was him joking. Right now. I'm not. I'm not taking Ian. I am. I'm. He fits a lot of these categories. Hey,
0: what about Louis, Dick Blant?
1: Louis
2: top 15 and scrambling, by the way, Louie, wow. another one. We had yeah, this conversation House, you were when we very played high
1: together On
0: Louis, yeah. I'm still high on him.
1: And by the way, not American. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I mentioned him. I know it's great that that's the way I'm going to, I'm going to uh,
0: play this one
1: out. Nate, who, what are you most excited for next week? This week? It's this week. It's not next week.
0: No, it is this week. I'm excited for a few things. The first thing that I'm excited for is to figure out whether we now have a very clear and uncontested heavyweight champion of the world because Rom is playing great golf. He's oh, he yeah. shot sixteen under. I mean that the 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 winners today were eighteen under and, and Rom is I think he played better than most than the guys who finished above him this week. He and, just, and somehow he lost
1: his number one ranking in the world. I Explain I, that. I, I
0: don't get it. I don't get it. But but when they introduced him as the winner of the race for Dubai, the U.S. Open champion, the number one golfer in the world, you're like, okay, here we go. So that that's going to be the most interesting storyline: is do we have an uncontested heavyweight champion? Then in the mid tier. Hey, we finally got a top ten, as Kevin just astutely observed from Justin Thomas, which has been few and far between since he won the Players, uh, which is say non-existent since he won the Players. I I I think Thomas is rounding into form. He does not tweet or Insta post about his game specifically unless it is trending in a good direction, and he did that today. So I'm excited to see how. Yeah, I'm very excited to see.
1: <laughs> That's what Nate has his own filter, the Twitter test.
0: Yep. And I know that I'm about to mention a third American because we already I, I would have told you before Ty Hatton shot six under, and it's time for you know an Englishman to win this, th- this tournament. Um so I think we got to keep eyes on him. But you know, listen, there's one guy who didn't play this week, who has won a British Open before. I know who is back in form. Yep. Who you know I love Jordan I know. Spieth. I mean,
1: arguably, he has played the most consistent golf of, of this calendar year. I mean, he only has one win to show for it, but he's been This around. is a par
0: 70 course. Yeah, This is his baby right here. It's so true. I, I'm so with I, you on he's this. He's off the radar. This is, from a betting perspective, the best odds that you're going to get on Jordan Spieth in Probably the next two years in a major, I think, because he's a little bit off the radar. So yeah, uh, you gotta jump in.
1: I'm with you. Th- that's the only American that might sneak his way onto my card. Kev, how are you feeling about Jordan Spieth? I feel really good about him, and I- I'm the last guy who was going to hop
2: on the Spieth bandwagon. As I said, there's just so many good Americans. I had made it a declaration at the beginning of the year. I just wasn't going to have Spieth uh, in any of my bets for anything. Uh, just be- and 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 if 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 I missed that train, I was happy to do so. Um, and now I'm coming around on it. I mean, this just seems like his kind of thing. And also, by the way, I mean, this is what we're talking about. You can look at this course so many different ways and see it for so many different people. You know, I was messing around earlier with with Joaquin Neiman and it's like, oh, he can he can uh, hit the ball low that you can keep it below the wind. And it's like, you know, you can just uh, kind of talk yourself into anybody here. But I think Spieth is one of these guys where you can look at it from three or four different ways and still see speeth.
1: Yeah, I, I love the aspect of this particular venue um, that goes along with kind of the open championship characteristic that, that um, driving distance is is not important. You just, you know, the the last 10 winners have averaged around like 24th or 25th in, in driving distance. And so that they, they, they gives, and look at the two winners at this place, Ben Curtis and Darren Clark. Like not, you know, now DJ w- was right there and Phil was yes. right there in 2000. Well, and- and eleven, so, but can, but- can
0: I ask you about that? Go ahead. DJ, DJ I mean, DataGolf has him falling rapidly as a player. He's seventh in their sort of rankings. We haven't been talking about him for a long, long time. He did make a showing here. Do you have any vibe on DJ? And then the other guy that I want to hear you talk about is the guy who's actually been the best English player this year, and that's Paul Casey. Do either of these guys have a chance, or are they sort of also runs? Who are not going to be a factor this week?
1: Um, I can do Casey first, and and then I'm interested in Kevin's thoughts. I absolutely adore Paul Casey and think that he fits so many of the criteria that apply, and he also would fit kind of the narrative of this year's uh, major winner. You know, kind of a, a class, Old kind of pedigree, exactly coming
0: out of the woodwork, finally getting his thing. he has been yes. around
1: for a long time? I mean, he is. He's kind of the English Hideki in a way. Who's been right. now? Hideki's got a different kind of skill set, but I'm just for the purposes of like a guy that's been around the hoop a ton. Um, and real quick on DJ, he hasn't had a top ten since he won the Masters in November, Nate. So that mm. that that that's kind of enough. Like, what other data points do we need at this point,
0: Kevin? You have any counterpoint?
2: No, I don't. I, I'm in complete agreement. Um, I think that Casey's right in there. He's on, he's on a handful of, of of my dance cards, and any anybody who knows how to play in the elements who has decent form this year is in play. Um, and I think it's it's funny because we talk about before before a major, we talk about how there's basically a group of guys who can win any golf tournament now, and, and we know who that means. That means Morikawa, Hovland, Bryson, all of these guys who, if one element of the game goes correct, um, they'll win it. And, and that's you know John Rahm. And now, because of this course, that just expands. And I actually feel like there's a bigger group where I go, "Oh, this this makes sense." Uh, if they win, in Casey's obviously right there.
1: Uh, all right. Well, uh, I think that's maybe the, the the right note. We've hit on all of the context, the storylines for this week. It's going to be an incredible week, uh, Birdie Buddies, Par Saving Pals. You know how we do it here at Fairway Rolling. No, another show up Wednesday. We're going to get down into the nitty gritty. We'll hear what Justin Ray thinks about some of these things we're talking about in terms of who uh, fits this situation the best. We're also going to have we mentioned a couple times Kevin Van Valkenburg from ESPN, our our buddy. We're going to get him on here and talk a little bit. He's going to. Speaking of Gary Player, I I, I asked for permission for him to do some Gary Player voice for us, so I think we have that. So look forward to Kevin Clark. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank, Thank you for you coming Kevin. on and setting the stage. Maybe we'll do a little bit of our live green room for the old Spotify crowd out there. I think we could get that going this week. Right. And uh, Nate dog, we got some, some more uh, to hash out here, but an appetizer to this British open feast that is not going to have, we're in England, so we don't have to have any of that garbage haggis. It's coming home. Thanks boys.